Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for talking to us and telling us about motherhood. Yeah, it was very informative on the uh, whole milk issue. We took turns interrogating her. Does one produce more than the other? I didn't ask that question. Ask that. What's the answer? Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Trailer Park Podcast, episode 119. We've been away for a while. Um, I would like to welcome the gentleman to this podcast. We're going to go OG, gentleman style, Daniel. Mm, Nathan, yes. it is good. As a father. <laughs> As a father, would you like to introduce the uh, the other member of the podcast? Let me just say that, I mean, I know I was bringing a lot of really weighted and important opinion before, but now that's gone exponential. Um, welcome back as well, uh, the intern. Oh, hi. I, I was going to say I have no weighted input at all. Anyway, Nathan. That's probably true. Gentlemen, <clears throat> 119, it's a parent number. It's the mm-hmm. sum of five consecutive primes. It's also a highly quotient uh, number as well. Mm-hmm. In the yep. Oh, in the order of the largest cyclic subgroups of the monster group. If you knew that. It's the smallest composite number that is, le- that is one less than a factorial. Could you elaborate a little bit on the monster group just for the audience? Mm-hmm. The monster group here. Mm-hmm. See if I can give you some feedback about that. <clears throat> um, basically, in the area of modern algebra known as group theory, the monster group, also known as the Fisher-Grease monster, or the friendly giant, is the largest sporadic simple group that has order. So, ah, want to clarify that for everyone yeah. listening. <laughs> Riveting. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. The energy, though, <clears throat> the energy of 119 is of independent coexistence like butterflies sharing the nectar of a flower it is a kind energy that resonates with compromise and cooperation it invites discussion and is always available to mend disputes or rifts among members of the team Mm. Mm. Uh, before i wouldn't have been sure about this very like touchy-feely direction that we've been going with these these sort of takes on numbers as a father I, I I appreciate some sentiment. Finding meaning in numbers, almost like everything just seems more important now. You know what I mean? Almost like your insides have been warmed, or your heart has been lifted. Yeah. In fact, I just feel compelled. Like, do you guys want to look at some pictures of my offspring? Or <laughs> that's um, how I like breaking it to people too. Like, hey, you want to see some pictures of my offspring? <laughs> <sighs> Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> so basically. <clears throat> Tonight, gentlemen, it's been a while, so there's been some stuff left on the table. A lot of stuff that got passed by. So I'm just going to throw out some stuff that we're leaving on the table that's been passed by. Anybody wants to say anything about it, say it quickly. Otherwise, we're moving on. Okay? Okay. Dark Waters. Mark Ruffalo movie. uh, Male. Genderbender. Aaron Brockovich. Oh. (laughs) Boring. (laughs) Is Is it show cleavage? No. No. Waste of time. Dr. Sleep, sequel mm. to The Shining. I still want to watch that. I have not heard good things. Yeah. Charlie's Angels, zero interest. Zero interest is the, the last like round of Charlie's Angels were kind of notorious for just being like fucking stupid. 
So what's the theme on this one? Just like, oh, more of that. No, more stupid. Or are we going like kind of like a semi-serious? No, they probably you in- incorporate social justice and racism into it somewhere. I'm sure it's like heavy, thick, thick with that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly immigration, like Terminator Dark Fate, right. which we've left to the wayside. Can we make every movie a lecture? <laughs> Is it possible? Um, Motherless Brooklyn, which Andrew and I have, ac- sorry, intern and I have actually seen. Yeah. I was like, who? Yeah, who's that guy? Uh, I liked it. I feel like I've been thinking about this movie a lot and whether I actually enjoyed it or not, but Motherless- I did enjoy it. Wait, is my guess is New York a character in this film? <laughs> uh, do you know? Do you know anything Not about really. this movie? Does wait? Does Daniel even know what this movie is? It's Edward Norton's movie that he wrote and directed and tried to get made for ten years. Oh wait, is this the one where he has like Tourette's? Yeah, yeah. It's oh. already in the cheap theater, and last week it was in the real theater. Yeah, that's where. Mm. You, you could just tell. Yeah. From him. From, from the trailers, you're like, ooh, is this like from Tropic Thunder? Like, are you going too far? in this direction <laughs> he it actually the the threats isn't that bad the the parts where he gets spastic do have that which what you're suggesting mm-hmm. but the other parts of the performance that involve the Tourette's is actually pretty good really good yeah see and, that's, that's what it, that trailer seemed like really schizophrenic because part of it seemed like oh god is this i am sam and then the other <laughs> half was like oh is this like a better the score <laughs> no, no it's no. Not, we're not talking radio here okay the score is... I really enjoyed the score. Anyway. I forget it. I just remember Marlon Brando. It was hideous. <laughs> he's okay. at his best. He's like 500 pounds. Yeah, he was tough to watch. You're like, ooh, yeah. The neck, just the chest. Just like sweat dropping off his face. Yeah, you can still tell that he thinks he's the best actor in the room. Yeah, well, he, well, wouldn't he be? I mean, it's just De Niro and Norton. Well, that's true. Wow. Just like, you guys are, you guys are knives out here for, <laughs> for Edward. Just throwing throwing everyone under the bus. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't know. So what's it's his like? You don't hear good things about old Eddie Boy, even from the places where he's like relegated to, like uh, the the what's the guy, the stylistic guy, Anderson, Wes Anderson. I'm just saying, you guys, you know, you were you walked right up to Marlon Brando, and you were like, <laughs> <laughs> then you walked over to Edward Norton, and you're like, <laughs> didn't even look at De Niro. No, he's not worth looking at. <clears throat> well. Oh, look at De Niro. He thinks he's an actor. <laughs> where, do you, where do you guys want to go? You want to go Q&A or you want to go uh, uh, grab bag or you want to go uh, talk about stuff you've watched? What do you want to do? Let you, let you help guide the show. I don't know. You guys have anything that you just watched that's come off the top of your head? I'm trying to think of anything good that I saw. I've seen a lot of like just bizarre garbage. Did uh, you watch Joker? I have not seen Joker. Oh. Recommended. Yeah, very recommended. Um... Yeah, Joker is good. Joker is worth it. Joker, in fact, there will be something in the grab bag about that. Mm. Well, as a father, <laughs> I've not been able to go to the theater lately. Ah. Um, so most of my stuff has been like Netflix and Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I watched last night a uh, movie on Netflix, a Netflix original called Fractured. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It has uh, Sam Worthington in it. That's correct. Uh, I put it in the upper tier of netflix originals it's right. a bit it's, it's better than the others uh it still has that sort of bizarre sort of soap opery feel that a lot of netflix movies tend to have so th- that's still there but it's 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 better than than the others it's a it's a thriller it keeps you guessing for a long time 
if you guess the end, it doesn't matter because it's very satisfying. So I, uh, I recommend that one. One that I did not, that I wanted to recommend, but then fell. Oh, there's a show on, on Netflix that I think they stole from TW called Two Sentence Horror Story. It's based on an internet phenomenon where you can create creepy horror story concepts from just writing two sentences. And they turn those two sentence horror stories into like, they extrapolate them in. So it's like uh, later Hellraisers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like like something like uh like this like a two sentence horror story an example would be like um my husband kissed me on his way into bed tonight wearing the suit that he was buried in you know what i mean so like just something just like a creepy twist and they were good i was watching them back to back and like these anthology horror stories that are about 20 minutes long based on these two sentence horror stories are they were good and then all of a sudden boom lecture boom smug condescending lecture boom social justice everything i was just like ugh. <laughs> destroyed itself every episode was uh awful they managed to like equate you know just random violent uh house invasion scenarios with like deportation and illegal immigrants and just every episode just started to like kick on you could just tell they're getting thicker and thicker more and more lecture it was just like jesus can i just watch something just something <laughs> hmm. without someone else telling me i'm a fucking racist well speaking of racism i've been re-watching some 90s movies mm-hmm and they're incredibly racist. Oh yeah, by day standards, they're like they're like shocking. But yeah, like I was watching uh, Lionheart with Jean-Claude Van Damme, <laughs> and it just cuts to his um, black friend counterpart guy that's helping him throughout the movie. He's waiting for him to come from whatever it is he's doing. I forget what he's doing, <clears throat> but he's just sitting by the car with a box of fried chicken, <laughs> and he's just gobbling it down. He's just attacking the chicken. Yeah, and when John Glock gets there, he's like, "You want some chicken, man? Oh, it's good, man. It's good. It's real good. You should have some real good chicken. Yeah, real good chicken. I need to cut off, but I'm black." And, then, <laughs> and we were watching Gone in sixty seconds with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and it is so stereotypically racist. Like the the black characters in that movie are awful. The one guy, he's a uh, he's teaching driver's ed, and the girl that he's teaching driver's ed to is Asian. And she can't drive. And he's like, pull over, pull over. You cannot drive at all. I remember this. And then he says, I'm honest with myself when there's something I can't do. I can't swim, so I don't go near the water. And you <laughs> cannot drive. It's like, what? And then the other black character in the movie is like on top of a roof. They're walking. They're trying to break into the warehouse to get cars. And he's like just talking to himself out loud as like the comical black anecdotal character uh-huh. and he's he's saying like man i should not be out on the roof right now i should be at home i should be smoking weed i should be doing that blah 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 like whoa yeah. like what like, you're just not out. working taking advantage of the welfare system yeah, getting it's like, hot it's like <laughs> blunt bluntly yeah just shouting out the stereotype and everybody's like ha ha ha, ha in the 90s go visit one of my many baby mamas oh man i've got my eye on it now every time i see it and when yeah. Intern and I did uh, did the Preach episode for A Few Good Men, the sexism, rampant, rampant in the 80s. Yeah. The late 80s, early 90s, if I say right in maybe like into the, into the mid 90s, you get some real stellar racism because it's like the last time it's acceptable. So you kind of feel like they're going balls out with it. Like, I'm pretty sure that like, if you go watch like a Friends episode in season three somewhere, someone's doing blackface and it's totally acceptable. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. That's unfortunate. I'm uh, also I'm also recommending Phoebe Waller Bridge, the shows that she has made, Fleabag and Killing Eve. Oh yeah, Phoebe Waller Bridge is great. Recommended. Mm-hmm. That's cool. 
I'm also recommending Art of Self Defense with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. It was good. I forgot about that movie. It was predictable. I, I predicted a lot of what happened in it, but it was still enjoyable. Anna, what's you, that? Anna, you know that movie with uh, by Luc Besson about the yeah. the assassin girl. Yep. Also very good. I enjoyed it as well. Thank and you. How close was it to Anna? A similar film? Uh, not no, close at all. Not close at all. Closer to um, Luc Besson's first movie. What was that one called? Uh, La Femme Nikita. La Femme Nikita. Closer to that. Yeah. 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 Also, Chef, starring Jean Favreau, and the Chef Show on Netflix. Oh, Jean Luc Favreau. Jean Jean Favreau. <laughs> yeah, great. Just fun to watch. Chef is great. Chef is a fun movie to watch. He's he's like he's relatively. I feel like if there's a if he's involved in a movie and it's like control of that of that film's production quality, I feel like we're gonna be okay. Yeah. He seems to do a pretty good job if he's involved in 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 like directing or or executive producing. Everybody loves him. Seems that way. People work for him for free and stuff. They just love him. Yeah, he does like little bit parts in all the Marvel movies. I'd like to uh, do a shout out to Remembrance Day. What I watched on Remembrance Day, which uh, was Jojo Rabbit. Oh, uh, it was very good. I really like laughing at Nazis. Um, and Parasite, which is the guy who did Okja. Is that foreign? Yeah, it's uh, South Korean. It was very good. So I have to read it? Yep, <laughs> definitely have to read it. What is it? What is it about? So uh, this family, they live, like they all live together and none of them have a job. And the one kid, his uh, buddy who goes to university is like tutoring a girl and he gets him to take the job tutoring this girl from this rich family. And the one son who goes to tutor her ends up getting his whole family a job at this house. So their family ends up like moving into this house and they become a parasite. Um, but it's got, you know, the twists and turns that uh, this director has. So he did... Uh, horror film? Not really. More like a thriller, a drama thriller. Um, but it's the same guy that did uh, that train one uh, with Chris Evans. What the oh, fuck Snow is... Gears. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. There's some, like, dark... Yeah. I really enjoyed all the movies I've seen that this guy's done. But uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was just really good. And Jojo Rabbit was was actually really funny, like I, almost all of it. Oh wow, that was like that was like the opposite of what. Well, depends what I, on your sense of humor and who's in the theater, I guess. Well, I just, uh, no, I just heard overall that it was a much more serious film. The, oh sure, the, the trailers. Lit up. It it was very serious, but I laughed in that movie more than probably any movie I've seen in the theater. <sighs> that reminds me of when I went to uh, Eyes Wide Shut in the theater, and, and you yeah. were just laughing the whole time. No, <laughs> but like, there was. <laughs> But there was things that made me laugh in Eyes Wide Shut, and we were watching it in the north, and everyone in the theater apparently seemed to be a Christian or something, and they were, like, all super offended by what they were watching, and they were all quiet, and people were shooting us dirty looks for laughing. (laughs) We were the only people laughing. Lily Sobieski bursts out of a closet, bloodied, probably raped, but she's, like, (laughs) thinking about something, you're just like... We were just like laughing at the fact that he was opening up this underworld, you know, like, oh, fuck, (laughs) like, holy shit, that is way more crazy than I thought it was going to be. How is Tom Cruise going to fuck his way to the bottom of this? (laughs) (laughs) Does Tom Cruise fuck? I feel like it's just like smooth, like Kendall. You have to go back to uh, Top Gun to see him. Yeah. Joseph Bush? No, I just, I don't remember Tom Cruise having sex in a movie. Yeah, because he doesn't. Unless it's Top Gun with Kelly McGillis scene. 
and uh, Love on a Real Train. In Risky Business, there were sex scenes there. The Jerry Maguire sex scene, they didn't really... I mean, they took each other's clothes off a little bit, and then boom, to morning, right? They just skipped over. Yeah, once he became like a sexless alien, mm-hmm. <laughs> after the Scientology like really took root, that's when it like he became very asexual. Like he's charming and funny, and there's usually a woman around, but he's not usually fucking her. Oh, wait. No, he fucks uh, John Travolta's wife at the beginning of Jerry Maguire. They, like, storm around the apartment breaking. <laughs> and Magnolia talks about cocks. Don't you remember that? In, in Jerry Maguire, she's like, don't ever stop fucking me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the scene only matched by uh, Annette Bening in uh, American Beauty. <laughs> What did she say? You're the king. Fuck me, your majesty. Yeah, you're... <laughs> oh, I think I actually have that. We should probably do that. Mm. <laughs> All right, we'll have to recreate it. All right. Like getting nailed by the king. That's a good segue to the grab bag. Okay. Ooh, the grab bag sounded sad and empty. <laughs> I want to. I feel this inclination to like join you, even though I'm not a father, and say like, "Well, Daniel, as a father, <laughs> as a non, as a non-father who's thought about being a father." As oh, I feel like I've I've brought father dumb to the podcast so all can share free <laughs> all right very quickly joker yeah most uh most profitable superhero movie ever made because they didn't spend that much money making it right and it has grossed a billion dollars see that's what dc should be doing that's what dc did this is dc right. i know that's what I, that's, that's that should be their thing from now on that's how they fuck marvel is they take the horror strategy yeah. we put three million into it made a billion dollars what do you guys do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, you, made a, you made a billion off of your 500 million dollar movie yeah nice one <clears throat> This next story, though. Deeper in the bag. Deeper in the bag. Uh, sounds more substantial. Is, uh, is interesting. So, Joe Blow reported that actor James Dean had been cast in an upcoming Vietnam War film. Despite being dead for almost six and a half decades, this film is going to bring James Dean back to life through a combination of CGI, motion capture, and archival footage. Oh, this should not be allowed to happen yeah, I've, I've heard about this abomination yet and, a, and an actor will provide the voice of james dean and then all these actors started freaking out like chris evans tweeted i'm sure he'd be thrilled this is awful maybe we can get a computer to paint us a new picasso or write a couple new john lennon tunes yeah i agree i agree with chris well, well i don't know if i he might need to cool it a little bit captain america <laughs> But yeah, no, he was gifted. I, I get his point. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it, this was coming a long time ago. Where was your outrage at all this other crap that's been going on? Uh, where was your outrage when they were having actors in commercials redo the famous scenes from their own movies, but add the advertisement into it? Do you remember that? There was a bunch of commercials that went that that did that. Was like late '90s or early 2000s, and people fucking lost it. There's a lot of stuff that's been trending towards this. A few Star Wars movies just did digital work to cover up the death of people. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, that that's one I saw like uh, three quarters of uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah. Well, and the next one's gonna have a whole movie of it. They're gonna keep Carrie Fisher in the movie. Oh, she's in the trailers. Oh she? my fucking god! It was really weird watching her. Okay, I got something for the end here. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Robert Eggers news. Do you know about this? No. Robert Eggers, that's the director of The Witch and The yeah. Lighthouse. His next movie is called The Northman. Oh, I did know this. It is a Daniel Viking revenge saga. Is there going to be any calling? <laughs> it will be, but it'll be like a somber background uh, uh, soundtrack, and then the foreground just brutal, brutal violence. <laughs> it is attracting quite a cast. Some are recurring from his previous films. We've got Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Bill Skarsgård, and Willem Dafoe. You do need the Skarsgårds. You do need a D- Dafoe. In yeah. Um, Solid. Have you guys seen Honestly, Lighthouse? Do you want to grab a couple of uh, the, was it the, 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 the Thor brothers? What are they? The Hemsworths. Yeah. Probably grab a couple of those. <laughs> Just throw in, throw in some Hemsworths. I think there's three of them. Uh, I saw them with, with the third one. We'll take the first two. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> You're talking about Luke Hemsworth? I can't remember what it was called. It was called like Infinity, the movie or something. Hmm. And it was uh, it was garbage, and he was terrible in it. it was like Ian Hemsworth, <laughs> something like that. Mm. There is four brothers, so I don't know if they all act, but um, well, they can for the Norsemen. I thought there were four Baldwins. I learned that now there's like seven of them. <laughs> proliferate over time. Yeah, I just knew the main ones. There, were the main four that actually got exposure: Alec, William. Stephen and Daniel. Right. I remember William being like, hey, remember him? He was two movies before Alec. And then Alec came in and kind of took over and William went to the side. <laughs> and Steve came in and started doing a bunch of straight to DVD crap. And then we went Christian. And then I always remember Daniel Baldwin because he was like the fat one that did like the softcore porn. <laughs> <laughs> and no, we haven't seen The Lighthouse, but we know it's good. You've told me it's good. Daniel, The Lighthouse um, is apparently good. I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. I think you will both like it. Yeah. Intern came to visit us, and he was like, "I've seen the the lighthouse." And then, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down, intern. <laughs> oh, That's I how got, I communicate my happiness. I got one last why thing you, for Daniel. Why the blackface? One last thing for Daniel before we move on. Um, Wes Craven's estate has uh, uh, regained the rights to a Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. So, oh, good for them. Blum, Blum. Blumhouse won't uh, take it, dick around with it, and fuck it up. Oh, the guys that. Well, what, what happened? To, who did? Uh, what happened to Anchor Bay? Oh, you mean Platinum Dunes? Platinum Dunes is what I mean. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Anchor <laughs> Bay. I'm like, you mean Michael Bay? You mean Platinum Dunes? There you go. I think you Platinum Dunes is like producing some of the Blumhouse stuff, and I don't know. I just think it's better if Wes Craven. I think if if his family has some control, hopefully it'll steer in a better direction than it would have had they not been involved maybe i've heard uh robert england very famously has said he'd be willing to come back to do some stuff i guess he's bored um and then just i guess statistically Wes craven does make the money for the franchise i think one three and seven are the ones that made all the money right that was all him they've uh they got to figure it out because it's a franchise worth revisiting if they you know don't fuck it up yeah honestly i don't even really even see how they could fuck it up like it's been so f- it its original form is so fucked up <laughs> that you can do whatever you want with it. It's been every iteration of every embarrassing thing already. So, like, go nuts. There should be three new 
Freddy franchises in existence right now with separate timeline. I want Johnny Depp to be Freddy. I want Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, looks like him. Have you seen him lately? <laughs> Get a couple more, a couple more uh, safety pins. Do an old version of it though. Bring Langenkamp back. Make make Johnny Freddy. Let's do it. I'll just read, re like redo everything. Langenkamp plays. Uh, her father's role as sheriff. Uh, <laughs> there should be there should be a serious version, a comedy version, and like a noir version, all existing at the same time, right? Into the Spider Verse goes Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Verse. Can't you see it like that? That like the cartoony Freddy from like parts three and four and five, like him coming into contact with like real brutal, violent Freddy. And like him wanting to do like a cartoon, like comic book motif. Like, what do you think if I like kill him with paper cuts? Does that make sense? And the other guy's like just raping a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Do whatever you want. (laughs) I'm just picturing Freddy on like the Married with Children set right now. Daniel, there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask. <laughs> okay, so I've got uh, just a few questions, a few quick questions for you tonight. Okay. Um, what does the phrase knives out mean? Uh, is it like claws out, like ready to fight? It means Michael Jackson is going to whip out his knife, tie the hand together, and have a knife fight. Why does it involve Michael Jackson? I'm just thinking of his music video. And knives? Yeah. Not his, Which not video his was, penis? Was it bad or, or beat it? His penis. <laughs> the knives? Knives. It makes sense that he would have knives on his penis. <laughs> well, according to... New, new kind of horror film. According to Merriam-Webster, it is used to say that people are ready to blame or punish someone for something, often in a way that is unfair. Oh, knives out. <laughs> Uh, question two, what is the Le Mans race and what makes it different? Uh, it's a silly car race that takes place over a few days. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have like a navigator. <clears throat> what makes it different is that it does not have a traditional finish line. It's not a race from here to there. It's a race based on distance over time. You have to travel the farthest distance in 24 hours. And whoever travels the farthest distance in the time allotted is the winner. Interesting. Yes, it's actually a fascinating uh, race that I've been learning about. And number three, uh, 87 children with imaginary friends were interviewed. What percentage of those children that were interviewed acknowledged that they were aware that the imaginary friend was not real? A, 100%. B, 0%. C, 77%. Or D, 54%. D. Code 77. Daniel's correct. So that means 23% of the children either weren't sure or thought it was real. Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> and those 23% were properly dealt with? <laughs> <laughs> well, as a father. As a father, I just want to make sure they were put down humanely. Right. So the other thing we're going to do before we go into the lineup tonight is um, I, I shared with you some some quotes uh, from some critiques um, from Rotten Tomatoes. I'm calling it Rotten Reciprocity. Okay. And I just want us to be aware that these things were said about these movies. So there's five things that were said, and I'm just going to, we're going to try to piece together which one was for which movie, or I'm going to get you guys to do that. As we go through the trailers, you might be able to be like, hey, this is uh, this one or whatever. Okay. Okay. So the first one is, the more we learn about the main characters, the less we believe they do the things they do. 
And the next one is the unfiltered dose of millennial angst needed a more adept conduit than this cartoonish misfire can muster. Oof, that's uh, I call foul vocabulary abuse. <laughs> <laughs> the third one is simply it's missing a soul. Number four is touching at times. This is a neatly wrapped tale about immigrants, upper class entitlement, and Trumpian politics. The next one, or the last one, the structure at least breaks up the really dry bits with the really upsetting bits. So that's something. <laughs> We're dealing with uh, 81%, 62%, 90%, 92%, and 97% tonight. That are some pretty high percentages. One could say that those kind of percentages all together in the same episode could be the best lineup that we've ever had. What do you think? You guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you keep like digging deep for these statistical ways <laughs> to prove that it's the best line we've ever had. When really, it's more so that our word is infallible. Therefore, every episode that we claim it, it is therefore. So this is all just unnecessary. Gilding it, Lily. Here we go, gentlemen. Truth number one. Knives out. Knives out. Here we go. Harlan started out with a rusty Smith Corona and built himself into one of the best-selling mystery writers of all time. 30 languages, over 80 million copies sold. You guys fans? I mean, I don't do much fiction reading myself. Big but... fan. I'm a big fan. Who is that guy? Uh, Mr. Blanc is a private investigator of great renown. I read a tweet about a New Yorker article about you. You're famous. The night of his demise, the family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. And your son, Ransom, did he attend as well? Yes, but he left early. I think Linda was upset. Walt would get a little Irish courage in him. He'd get into it with Harlan. What? Richard said what? Are you baiting me, detective? Attempting to be thorough so we can figure out the manner of death. You mean if someone killed him? You think one of us, one of his family, Walt, Walt. killed him? Mr. Blanc, I just buried my father who committed suicide. Why are you here? I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. Harlan was cleaning house. Everyone in the family has possible motives. Was Harlan planning on cutting off Joni? Did he plan to fire Walter? Is Richard having an affair? That's some heavy-duty conjecture. Funny, Ransom, you skipped the funeral, but you're early for the will reading. Up your ass. Very nice. Oh, Ransom. 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 You gotta do this more often. The family is truly desperate. When people get desperate, the knives come out. This is a twisted web. And we are not finished untangling it. Not yet. Waiting for the big reveal. All of them lied to me. There is one guilty party behind it all. You know something. Spill it. Oh my god. 
tell me what happened to my grandfather. I think you have something you want to tell me. Nathan, lead us off. Worried or excited? Well, what do we have here? We have a two-hour and ten-minute PG-13 Clue-style movie. We have Daniel Craig playing, um, I guess, his rendition of Poirot. 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 The greatest detective in the world. Except he's doing more of a Beauregard. You know, you know. Yeah. I suspect foul play. Foul play. Foul play. Um... What do we got here? Jacob Trombe, the preppy grandson in the film who's always on his phone, was a character influenced by the trolls and man babies that voiced their criticisms online over writer-director Rian Johnson's Star Wars Last Jedi. See? Oh, he's all butthurt about that? <laughs> do you do that? Do you... Do you? Has Rian Johnson... Um, does he have a brand or is he trying to make a brand? What When directors do this, it causes me pause from the director of Star Wars Last Jedi, Looper. Like, do you put those two things up there to say from the director of this and that because those things were so amazing? Looper was decent, but I'm not sure you should be trumpeting about The Last Jedi. And then it says a Rian Johnson whodunit. It's like he's right. trying to create a brand of himself. Right. Yeah, first of all fuck is rian johnson uh second yeah do you advertise uh, oh he made this uh, sci-fi epic so you know he's gonna really nail this who done it <laughs> well from, see he should have said guy who ruined your childhood he should have said from the director of brick and looper because there we go brick was a was a who done it and it was done in a very cool way with very little money like hey that's where he's pulling his brand for and they didn't even mention it <laughs> there you go uh let's see here brick didn't make 500 million dollars Okay, so which one do you think this, the, which quote do you think is from this movie? Oh, right. Think about that. I'm going to say I'm excited about it because I like whodunits. I like uh, all these different people in it. I'm really focused on this uh, speech pattern stuff right now because of, you know, podcasts I'm listening to. And Tony Collette has, has a vocal fry. Yeah, she's doing the vocal fry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's that's like the modern day version of a Valley Girl. So she's like, yeah. I read a tweet uh, I about an article. Unfettered dose of millennial angst needed a more article. adept conduit than this cartoonish misfire can muster. That's not correct. Well, no, yep. it's, it's six or ten. Uh, no, it's actually the touching at times. Oh. This is a neatly wrapped tale about immigrants, upper class entitlement, and Trumpian politics. There's really? more. I, I pulled that. I pulled that out of context because I was trying to be confusing. <laughs> hmm. That that's that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. <clears throat> so what's it from you? Oh, I said I was excited because mm. I want to because I because I find um, this stuff interesting. I want to I want to watch the Who Done It. I want to see if it delivers on all of its fun complexity. I like Michael Shannon. I like Daniel Craig. I like Chris Evans in there. Anna De Arms is kind of rising up. Jamie Lee Curtis is in there. This is I don't know. I don't think you can ignore this cast. You can't. You can't ignore this cast. And I was actually, this is a better trailer than the previous one. The previous ones, I don't know. But even with this trailer, there's something about this movie that turns me off. I don't know what it is. Is Maybe it the vocal he's fry? It's coming out, that, that he's coming out of the gate trying to pretend like he's bigger than he is, saying this is like another classic whodunit. You know, it's going to be good because it's got my name on it. That's irritating. But there's just something about it. It's like all the actors are acting. They all got their parts where they're like, all right, you're the uh, over the top. You're the sister that's like all about social media and like talks like this. You're Professor Plum. 
Yeah. And then you're like the curmudgeon and you're like the stable family guy that gets shit on all the time. And he's harboring a dark secret. Like everyone's acting. They got their roles. And it's like, uh, I can't. The full. Do it, especially after reading this. Bunch of I listen to a bunch of Trumpian political backlash nonsense. The full quote is touching at times. This neatly wrapped tale about immigrants, upper class entitlement, and Trumpian politics flawlessly refreshes the murder mystery genre. Yeah, it was the fact that he mentions that at all. That it's, <laughs> there's a tale about it, that I have to be lectured again about something. No thanks. There's gonna be too many pieces moving around for them to lecture, though, right? Too True. many, too many characters, too many events. Is I think my biggest problem with this is Jamie Lee Curtis, and I really didn't like the last Halloween movie. Yeah, I only saw. Only and saw now a bit I think she's she's too big again already. They want. I don't know. Uh, Murder on the Orient, Orient Express, and it looks more like Noises Off. Mm, mm, ooh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Gold. What do we do? What do we do when you hit gold? Whoa! He punched us in the face with that one. That's a worry for me. Okay. <laughs> and uh, intern, are you gonna uh, be I'll worried? I'll say as I'm per- excited okay. and ready to be let down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, worried. Hope I'm wrong. Yeah. 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 I'm excited, ready to be disappointed. I'm worried. Hope I'm wrong. Okay. Good job. All right. Trailer number two is Ford v Ferrari. Ferrari. Here we go. Look out there. Out there. It's the perfect lap. You see it? I think so. Most people can't. Carol Shelby. Maybe. Lee I. Coke. Ford Motor. Suppose Henry Ford II wanted to build the greatest race car the world's ever seen to win the 24 hours of Le Mans. What's it take? Well, it takes something money can't buy. Money can buy speed. What well, in about speed? We need a pure racer behind the wheel of your car. That's Ken Miles. I don't trust him an inch. We heard he's difficult. No, no, Ken's a puppy dog. No, whatever it is, Shell. No, trust me. You're gonna build a car to beat Ferrari with a Ford. Correct. And how long did you tell them that you needed? Two, three hundred years? Ninety days. <laughs> this isn't the first time Ford Motors has gone to war. We know how to do more than push paper. Go ahead, Carol. Go to war. Thank you, sir. Do you think you can beat Ferrari? We're lighter, we're faster. That don't work, we're nastier. We're gonna make history. You ready? I was born ready, Mr. Shelby. Hit it.
<laughs> Intern, worried or excited? Now, normally, I'm going to say I don't get very excited about cars and films about cars. But as a father. <laughs> but as a faja, uh, I I am interested in this film. And it's mostly just the relationship between Shelby and Miles. And I want to see them fight. And I want to see, uh, you know, someone's wife pull out a chair and watch them fight like children in the backyard are we gonna get a wife crying on a telephone scene i don't think so interns referring to the other trailer for this movie he's apparently easily entertained by the oh i am i am by we the, saw by the funny in the face he's a few he's a huge the martian fan so anytime that matt damon is being quippy or saying stuff or monologuing he's like <laughs> You know what I do find interesting <laughs> is the uh, Damon Affleck thing where we all talk about uh, Damon winning this imaginary contest. But Ben Affleck was in Gone Girl and Argo, which are arguably two better films than anything that Matt Damon has done like since uh, Good Will Hunting. Well, if, if you take into account like PR and public perception, then... Affleck's out, right? He's sticking his fingers up girls' assholes, getting divorced on live TV. But he's done he's better up. work. He's, fucking up. Up. he's going in and out of rehab. He's got... He, he's a trash bag. That doesn't matter. He's an <laughs> internet meme for depression. You know what? I'm worried that Affleck wasn't Why are we this. talking about Ben Affleck? <laughs> I don't know. Ford v. It's a, Ferrari. It's directed by James Mangold. Oh. I mean... Can he burst into this movie... Like, like half-dressed in a Batman costume, drunk. Oh, that'd be great. I'd be all over it. Um, no, this looks like fun... it's going to be quality. They're going to push it for a bunch of shit awards at Oscars. It's going to win all the same awards that uh, that other dumb movie won where they did a car race for the whole movie. What was that? I can't even think of the name of it. It's Rush. so disgusting. Huh? Rush. No. Drive Driven? No. Not that. It's the best action movie of all time, apparently. Oh, Mad Max. Yeah, that one. There, Mad Max. Fury Road. Uh, anyway. I hate him. I couldn't tell what was, what was happening. Thickness of his facetiousness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens. I'm uh, I'm worried, I guess. I'm worried. <laughs> worried, despite uh. loving the banter mm. between Bale and Damon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Movie was formerly titled Go Like Hell and was going to possibly have Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in it. Oh, no. I could have seen that pairing as... Days of Thunder 2? PG-13. Daniel, I like Diggs. I like Diggs. Daniel, Tom Cruise just running. Two hours and 32 minutes. Oh, see that? I can get behind. <laughs> According to Matt Damon, Christian Bale had to lose 70 pounds before filming began. Of course, they didn't ask him to. They're like, Bale, Bale, it's fine. Your character doesn't need it. And like, <laughs> he gained he, a lot of he weight. He just came out and said he's not going to do that anymore for any more films. He, he just... Not. He just did Vice before this. So he yeah. bulked up, so he had to lose all of it. Anyway, so, anyway. Uh, I'm going to carve up a little bit of history here. I don't know, because I've been reading about this Le Mans business. Apparently, do you guys care if I possibly ruin this movie? Because <laughs> I've read things about oh, the real no. story. <laughs> Why would you do that? Okay, I won't do that. But I will tell you that Ken Miles died like two months after this, the events of this movie, testing out a different Ford car. So Ford, like is celebrating Ken Miles in this movie, but they killed him two months later. 
his passion kicked him. He's he's the reason why roll cages were installed in the, <laughs> in the cars because he died instantly. Anyway, he was yeah grotesquely decapitated. As a representative of Ford Motors Company, I'd like to say that his passion killed him. <laughs> <laughs> After reading about this race, I'm actually gonna say excited because I'm interested to see what they do with it. I'm 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 saying excited, but I'm ready to be um, upset about them manipulating this because it can't be about america first of all i'm gonna i'm gonna ruin that part it can't be about usa versus italy it's ford versus ferrari and if they go anywhere near america i'm gonna be upset i'm gonna tell you why it's inherent i'm gonna tell you why you want to know why why because america an, an american team won the le mans the year before this with a ferrari <laughs> So it can't be yeah. about America doing it. It was embarrassing, it. and we came back and fixed it. America, but Americans won with a Ferrari car. Right. We're saying we can, do, we can win this race with your car. We can win it with our car. Either way, we're going to win this race. Okay. Well, I hope, <laughs> I hope they sell it properly. I hope they sell it that way. I hope they don't try to hide well, the fact that... We need us to go make up our own car from scratch and come back and beat you with it? All right, we'll do that. It's about Ford. It's about Ford doing it. It's also, I think, about the birth of the muscle car, really. Ford's genesis in all... American invention, yeah. Yeah, like my dad, you know, will really enjoy this movie. Right. And then I read some fun comments. Some fun comments I read were, finally, a racing movie that's actually about racing and not guns and heists and dogs and Vin Diesel. (laughs) Uh, You know what? That's probably why I would end up liking this. (laughs) A real car movie with a rich history and my favorite brand of all time, Ford. I got really sick and tired of that Fast and Furious bullshit. Of them driving through windows on the 130th floor of a building in Dubai. And now Cardi B is going to be cast in the next one. <laughs> I want to see Cardi fucking launching a Lamborghini from skyscraper to skyscraper. That's a racing movie. You want to see like a, a racing, quote unquote, racing movie. I don't know. What is There's one with Anthony Hopkins where he's like an Indian in the desert or something. And then there's a... Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. There's like a 90s movie about solar racing cars and kids. Uh, I don't know. Take your pick. There's lots of lame ones. Yeah, I think Rush would probably be the closest the closest example of what this would be like. Um, so what is the quote that we're dealing with? Good question. What do you think it is? Uh, the structure at least breaks up the really dry bits with the really yeah. bits. <laughs> That's what I think also. Uh, the answer is it's missing a soul. Oh, okay. So it's all quippy banter and... Uh... Would be. There's no soul inside a car. Realistic racing. One of my favorite Rotten Tomato ratings, one of the rotten ones, was uh, uh, they did in 150 minutes what they could easily have done in 90. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like something uh, Daniel would put in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, This good two-hour film would have made a great 90-hour movie. (laughs) Two hours and 30 minutes. I will not be going to the theater for it, that's for sure. Uh, I know. It's it's funny, too, because the the trailers make this movie look kind of attractive. Like, it looks kind of fun. Mm. It looks fast. You know, it's got that good, like, uh, underdog champion story, if you don't think too hard about the actual, you know, surrounding events in this story. Um, so it's it's almost like it'd be a, a great movie that you caught hung over at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You might even cry to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Like not not weep, but just like drop a tear when oh sure okay yeah, yeah. or whatever. The no, that ha- yeah. No, I'm thinking about miracle. That, that's another one of those. Uh, hey, this other country did it ten times before we did it, but then when we did it, everybody got emotional. That's right. Now it matters. Uh, I'm I don't know torn on this. It's nice to see Bale speaking in his natural voice. Mm. But as a but as a father, 
that's what he is. As, as a father, I can't uh, stand listening. But I was like, "Stop! He's gonna make you anorexic." Um, and then he can't understand what he's saying. This is like his his like crooked overbite and uh, all. I, oh, that's this brings up another thing that I should have mentioned earlier was that I uh, introduced Amanda to her first viewing of American Psycho. I've never seen it. Never seen American Psycho. Oh, it, it, you should go back. You should watch it. You, I think, I think you and interns watch it together. I think you guys would laugh really hard. I remember not liking it at all when I saw it, but that could have been my younger self. I almost walked out of this when I, when I, when I saw American Psycho in the theater, I almost walked out. I saw it yeah. 10 years later and was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It's it's brilliant. It's a brilliant movie. Amanda thought it was brilliant. She thought it was hilarious. We were cracking up watching Bale just be a psychopath. Watching him, uh, watching a, a, a beaten prostitute race down the stairs of his apartment stairwell to get away from him, <laughs> and he's at the top in his underwear. No, he's naked with like bloody high uh, white sneakers on, and he's just watching her go down the stairs in the spiral. And he's got a chainsaw, and he's following her with the chainsaw. And then right as he like sees her get to the bottom, he drops it, and it just hits her, and he just goes. Ah! He just starts yelling and laughing and screaming <laughs> so for himself. <laughs> well, that's all I could see now when I see him. It's him being overjoyed at murdering a prostitute. That's Bale to me, though. I believe that's him. I'll have to check it out now for sure. I feel like Bale in real life. <laughs> uh, that said, I'm worried. I don't uh, watch movies with... Uh... <laughs> uh, trailer number three. Our fulcrum for 119 is uh, titled Daniel Isn't Real. Okay, I see what you guys are doing here. <laughs> is this movie even real? Daniel isn't real. Here we go. It's common for people to see things that aren't real. Have you ever seen things like this before? I had an imaginary friend when I was a kid. His name was Daniel. He was my best friend. He was my only friend. It's kind of a strange notion, but maybe you should try to connect with that part of yourself again. You needed my help. Last time I saw you, you were this kid bursting with imagination. You need to break out and live. I bet you can get a phone number from any girl at this party. You're a painter? You're an artist too, Luke. I do photography sometimes. I'm here because you're here. I'm part of you. What's that thing uh, behind me? Your shadow. I saw something full of danger. Mystery. He's taking over. He's making me do things that I don't want to do. You did this. I imagined it. I can make you go away. Daniel is simply an aspect of your mind. I'm scared of what I could do. When you painted me, you saw a shadow. What did he look like? He's weak. He's lonely. He's nothing without me. Daniel, 
Are you worried or excited about uh, Daniel isn't real? Real mind trip. <clears throat> I actually didn't. Uh, before I go and say anything, did I see Patrick Schwarzenegger? Yes. This is the that's, son of Arnold. That's this all is, I can think about. This is the the son. Uh, one of the sons. Wait, wait, one of his ones with Shriver or with uh, with the maid? <laughs> with Shriver. <laughs> the okay. the maid one actually looks more like a bodybuilder. This is like legitimate Schwarzenegger. Yeah, legitimate. What? They're both legitimate. Well, the other one's like a snow. One's I mean? one's a ba- yeah, one's a bastard. <laughs> but the bastard looks more like like a like a Mexican version of of what uh, Arnold was at that age. Bodybuilder, like a tan Arnold with like a like a thin mustache. <laughs> Doesn't have a mustache. He's got a a broader nose, and he's uh, but he looks thick. He looks like he's gonna be. He he could be a. He speaks a, Spanish with a German accent. Bodybuilder. That would be hilarious. Or Austrian. <clears throat> Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean I'm gonna lean excited, even though there's a good chance that I might not see this movie for years. Um, it's got all the psychedelic trip out stuff that I like. Uh, I saw a lot of great visuals in there, really disturbing visuals. Um, sort of got like a indie Fight Clubish type of vibe to it, where his his friend or his imaginary friend Daniel from his childhood is called back and it slowly takes over and forces him to be crazier and crazier and crazier. I guess is the is the general premise. Yeah, there's a lot of ways they could go. How, how long is it? One hour, 36 minutes. Okay. Oh, tight. It looked like it had the potential to like really overindulge itself, and I want mm-hmm. to make sure that it wasn't doing that. Now, now we have a better chance of being excited. Well, and in my research of imaginary friends, I found something interesting that originally, that there hasn't been like a great deal of psychological uh, research being done in, in, into this, mm-hmm. but when they first started to look at it, it is said that imaginary companions were originally described as being supernatural creatures and spirits that were thought to connect people with their past lives. Mm-hmm. So they could go any number of ways with this. They could just go standard imaginary friend that, you know, typically they arrive around the age of seven and they leave by age nine usually, but it's being recalled and now interfering and possibly like you're suggesting... Uh, slowly twisting or transforming yeah, the until, main character. Until the imaginary friend is like looking at you like, oh, you're the imaginary Right. Yeah. Or they could take it, you know, slapstick. It could go drop dead for Ed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. The, the classic, uh, you know, uh, psychological uh, study. Yeah, horror version of drop dead Fred is, is what we're possibly looking at here. But, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, what I will say is that uh, with 20 reviews, it is holding at 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Is this, in a, this is like the producers of Mandy. They didn't mention any directors in there. This looked like the kind of vein of uh, like Enter the Void. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, that was how you got, you got pretty jacked and then uh, got really disappointed. I didn't get disappointed. I never saw it. That's, that's what I felt like this might happen to this movie is that I might get really excited about it. And then get... I thought you saw Into the Void and said it was like 60 minutes of dumb. Uh-uh. Uh, this guy who directed oh, this. Oh, I saw The Void. Oh, not, The Void. Not Enter the Void. Yeah. Oh, Enter the Void. Oh, you mean that drugged up one that goes into yeah. like twisty turny that, that, That's the one that I feel like is The Void, that horror movie. Um, there's not a lot of history here with this guy with directing. He directed a movie called Some Kind of Hate. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this an excited and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. It actually doesn't have anything to do really with the trailer, even though the movie looks like it's quality and probably pretty crazy. Probably going to be a good watch, especially if it's 90 minutes or a little over. Um, this is made by Shudder. And I was just talking about Shudder the other night because 
after your mainstream sort of streaming services, your Netflix and your Prime and your Hulu, after those big guys, there's a whole like racket of smaller streaming services that are all trying to vie for your dollar. <clears throat> None of them. Uh, I've checked out a lot of them, and I, I can vouch that Shutter is by far the best. If you have all those other mainstream sort of uh, or those those mainstreaming services, and you're looking to pick up another one, Shutter is the one to go. If you're looking for an indie one or a mini one or whatever it is, it's five bucks. They have like the best. They 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 specialize in horror movies, but they have like the best choices of horror movies constantly that they have up available. And not just like in one genre or subgenre of horror of all the genres. Like they have a good feel for the genre and they always make good choices. And then now they make their own material as well. So they're making all these Shutter originals and it's it's quality. It's low budget, but it's getting bigger and it's very high quality and it's very high concept. And it's just, I, I support Shutter a lot. So the fact that I saw that, that they were tied to this, I'm going to give it better than the downstate. Elijah Wood produced this. There you go. He's all in. He's That's his thing now. Yeah, he does a does a podcast. He's like the horror. He's trying to bring horror with all his uh, his money. I'm interested. His Lord of the Rings money is being put into <laughs> making horror films. Burning a hole in his pocket. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in this idea. After preparing for this podcast and reading a lot about imaginary friend stuff, I'm kind of I'm interested in this, and I also want to go go and watch Jojo Rabbit as well because uh, both of them are dealing with imaginary friends, and I, I'm uh, it has piqued my interest. I am excited did a lot of research for this show are you secretly writing like a, an imaginary friend 24-hour Le Mans script yes in fact uh it also deals with interdimensional travel as well oh, does this uh unfettered dose of millennial angst need a more adept conduit than this cartoonish misfire can muster ding dong well, then i would do it if i just keep saying that over and over again it's going to upset daniel for english and uh <laughs> This is what is, I can't tell if it's meta craft, like they are writing in the fashion of which a millennial angsty person would write, <laughs> or if that they just diminished the value of everything that they just said by their horrible, horrible. Abuse. It's probably something that he gets applauded for. Mm. But you, all, like all of his blurbs are like alliterative wrote. puke, alliterative, alliterative, alliterate, no, alliterative vomit. Yeah. Alliterative, right. conduit, cartoonish, misfire, muster. Yeah. Ad angst, adept. This guy basically just you fill out a template. Yeah. Uh, intern, would you uh, care to be excited about this? Um, I should be. I should be. This it's seems like opinion, it's so. the only thing that's missing is that it should have been directed by the Daniels. Yeah. I you know, I should have cameoed in it. Yeah. Just as a Daniel. We're on the movie in some. Right. Well, you should have been the imaginary friend. Right. Yeah. Or Paul Dano. Or, or like, Daniel Radcliffe, the, the go-to for the imaginary friend, like what he, like what they come to me for, what they think, you know, like, well, what would you do? What would you do in this? As a father, what would you? <laughs> well, before he, <laughs> what would you do? Um, I'm gonna say I'm excited. This has uh, got independent film done the right way, written all over it. I think I'm I'm ready to enjoy this 93 minutes of film. Excellent. <laughs> Trailer number four is The Good Liar. Good liar. Here we go. So tell me, have you done this a lot? Met people 
on the computer service. Don't you find it's always the same? You mean the anticipation followed by the letdown? But I tell myself, brace up. This time it will be different. Which is why I must now confess to you a deception in my bathroom. My name is in fact not Brian, it's Roy. To the future. How much do you think she's worth? Nearly three million pounds. You're going to take the lot? You bloody bet I'm going to take it all. Is that your grandson? It's too soon to be getting so close to him. I've grown very fond of you. Do you know who you are? You're the only person on this planet who makes me feel that I'm not alone. I know things about you, who you really are. You don't want to do this, Roy. It's the game. It's the adrenaline rush. What if it is? Seems like you've had quite a past. Enough to last several lifetimes. And just a blink, your life's changed forever. You know, it's very peculiar doing things you'd never imagined. Secrets between you, God, the devil, and the dead. You don't know him! Nathan, we're very excited. Well, I mean, we've got two heavyweights here with Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen. An hour and 49 minutes, rated R, um, apparently for the elder abuse amongst elders. <coughs> the elders, the old people fighting each other. Got it. Yep. Uh, first feature film collaboration for Mirren and McKellen. Never been in a movie together. Seems strange. Um, so what's the outcome here? Is the good liar, I mean, they're setting it up like it's him, but that means it's obviously her. Right. Like, maybe, the, the, do you mean this, this, does this have the exact same plot as Dirty Rotten Scoundrel? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not, is it him or is it her? It's them. Well, he develops, um, He, he here, here's what it is. He develops dementia, forgets that he's a con man. They live happily ever after. You satisfied with that ending? So it's like, remember? <laughs> that was a great movie. Um, so the comment here is the the more we learn about the main characters, the less we believe they do the things they do. Which so is you concerning. just went and told us that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily something you have to guess. We're just having a oh. conversation. Would you chill out? 60, <laughs> 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's what it's saying. It's saying that the main characters, the le- the more they do, the less we believe that they do those things. So... Does that mean that McKellen, like they, they do kind of like a an incline and a decline in terms of their characters? She becomes more of a liar and he becomes less of one? I, I guess so, that, because him being the like con man, that seems pretty reasonable and mm-hmm. likely. So that seems like something that he would do as a character. So it must be something that has, that has to do with Mirren or the other characters, something that, that's out of the sort of them. I feel hesitant about it i think it's going to be a waste of time yeah it's got that just out of curiosity when this escalates into a cat and mouse game with ultimate stakes do you care less because they're knocking at death's door already yes yeah absolutely but do i care more 
because Helen Marin mm. is attractive no matter what age. It's true. She has that gorgeous. I'll just jerk off to you until you die. Why? Why is she still so sexually appealing? Why is she so? Yeah, let's delve into this. I agree. Well, is does it is is it because she hasn't had that much work done that she keeps some of that natural appeal? I think she's just managed to own her age. Yeah. And that yeah, right. uh, there wasn't any devastating wrinkles that changed her look. There's some people where the wrinkles come and it changes their look significantly. Right. Like uh, Mel Gibson. You look at Mel Gibson. I mean, only Mel's, uh, only Mel knows Mel. I'm not ragging on him. But I'm saying if you look at young Mel, he's like smoking, handsome fellow. If you look oh, at yeah. old Mel, then those creases... And in the in the forehead and uh, around the mouth area are like wow, dude! Like you are oh, just yeah. you're gonna get old fast. Yeah, young Mel is like young Mel is like an eager like mechanic in the 1940s, like an air like an aviation mechanic. And then uh, yeah, and then elderly uh, Mel is uh, I don't know like uh, Alec Baldwin with shorter hair and more conservative value. We <laughs> get these fucking <laughs> descriptors. <laughs> like if somebody has two, like I guess maybe the blend of um, her facial features are all very moderate, so her aging has been moderate as well. So the face has always been cute. When she was young, she was she was cute. As she's gotten older, she's remained cute, symmetrical, or with her face has continues to have symmetry. And, and then her her body is always has has remained shapely as well. She's done very well managing her her weight. She's kept it the same. She hasn't bailed all over the place. Right. <laughs> she hasn't changed a damn thing that she's done since teenager. I bet she just eats whatever she wants to eat and doesn't do anything out of like out of moderation and just keeps things relatively normal and there's no big secret to it. Just uh, as a dame, mm. she just loves broccoli. And uh, Ian McKellen is a sir. They're sir and dame. Yes. All that shit is fictitious and stupid they anyway. They their fake royalty. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like everybody's obsession with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I can't uh, believe I care about that. how many people pay attention to that nonsense. It is absolutely ridiculous. I I want this to be thrilling. I want it to be fun. I, I really hope McKellen gets a chance to like be a real devious bastard in this, and there's some good shit that comes out of it. There's just something about it that rings. This trailer's duping me somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's duping me, but it's duping me. There's a twist here that we're not going to care about, and it's going to play it safe, and yeah. and it'll have this like British thing that people in Britain will love and will be like, don't care. There's something, yeah, I feel boring that they're not <laughs> coming out of this. Worried. And it's just been sad watching the, these two old actors get puppeted around on different talk shows and in marketing for this film. <clears throat> oh, it's good that I don't have TV. Yeah. It's- are you going excited here, uh, intern? Or are we, is it? Is yeah, it- if Helen Marin's in it, I'm excited. It doesn't matter what. Yeah, right. we know that you have a boner. I Yeah, right now. <laughs> just throbbing, excited. Okay, enough. Got a real Helen Mirren in my pants right now, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. All right, five hole. Here we go. The report. The report. Here we go. After 9-11, everyone was scared. Scared it might happen again. It was my second day of grad school. Next day, I changed all my classes to national security. 
Morning, Dan. Morning, Senator. Have you seen the story today in the New York Times? Evidently, the CIA destroyed tapes of interrogations of Al-Qaeda detainees. I want to find out what was on the tapes and why they were destroyed. No paper. Paper is a way of getting people in trouble at our place. At our place, paper is how we keep track of laws. Last night, I found this. He's detainee number 24. Have you guys used this thing before? No. We watched the video. They waterboarded him 183 times. Everything they got from him was either a lie or something they already had. If it works, why do you need to do it 183 times? Maybe when the report comes out, people will finally see that. I vehemently disagree with the narrative here. The United States does not torture. Dan, you need to be careful here. They can't destroy the documents. They can go after the next best thing, you. They claim they saved lives, but what they really did was make it impossible to prosecute a mass murderer. Because if what we did to him ever came out in a court of law, the case is over. The guy planned 9-11. We will not allow this to be covered the up. The intent is to gain intel, save American lives. History is written by the victors. We need to change our approach. How is that even ethical? Nothing could be further from the truth. Democracy is messy. If the Times had your report, we would print it tomorrow. No. If it's going to come out, it's going to come out the right way. Intern, worried or excited? Well, I have to confess, it seems like I swayed this into the lineup. Um, no, originally, it, the producers were going to go with Queen and Slim, but after watching the trailer again, it felt like a lecture, so they opted for the report. Uh, I am uh, I'm excited and films that have to deal with uh, reporting like Spotlight or All the President's Men or The Posts. I feel like this is going to fit right in there. They knew and they let it happen. Um, did you hear the there was a, a throw in for A Few Good Men in here? Oh, with uh, how, how did she object when he made fun of her in that? <laughs> I strenuously object. Oh, that didn't happen in here. He vehemently disagreed. I, I was okay. making a... Your Honor, I strenuously inject. Oh, well, you strenuously disagree. Yeah, yeah. I made a connection with the vehemently disagree that wasn't there. Anyway. Sorry. Sorry for interrupting, intern. I yield my time. Yeah, thanks. Uh, look at all these people. I, I am really happy with this whole cast. Uh, Levine's in here. Ham's in here, you know. Annette Benning is great. Drivers on a an upward spiral. Well, I hear the structure at least breaks up the really dry bits with the really upsetting bits. So that's something. Yeah. Michael C. Hall has his real hair again. Uh, Tyranny's in here. Can't get enough. This whole cast is just fantastic. Sounds like smells like an excited. I am excited to read between these blacked out lines on this report. Well. Intern and Daniel, you know what else happened uh, with this movie? What? At the Sundance Film Festival, it, uh, it received oh. a standing ovation. For how long? Oh. Yeah, how long? If you don't care, I don't want to see it. <laughs> um, I don't know oh, how long. I just got applause. <clears throat> oh, we have, we have a differing opinion. Uh, here's, I'm going to throw in mine. Uh, this happened a long time ago, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of people talking self-righteously about things and passing paper to each other and 
<clears throat> yeah, I, I I don't. It's an hour and fifty nine minutes, and I think I think I'd rather watch Spotlight. I think I'm worried. All right. Well, I'm, I'm definitely worried as well. And that has nothing to do with the cast. The cast is great. I actually agree with all the uh, cinematic um, points that that intern made. Uh, I hope that it is enjoyable in some way. I, I love Driver. I'm I'm, sh- I'm actually I'm kind of shocked by how much I love Driver. I think he's kind of become one of my favorite actors. Period. Um, <clears throat> it's this. I'm sorry, Mr. Bezos, and your Amazon empire, and your complete ingratiation with the American government. If you think for a second, I'm going to believe whatever you produced has any iota of non or unbiased, non agenda forming anything. <laughs> he didn't produce it. Doesn't matter. They, they bought it at Sundance. Somebody else made it and he bought it. And I'm sure the, the Lear Foundation came in and they all had a little, uh, little snip here, a little snip there. I just, it's my problem is this. Yes, all this shit is probably makes for a great film, all this deceit and uh, subterfuge scandal. And my problem with these kind of films in their expose of all this is always the way that it's framed, which is that it's like, oh, here's America, this big evil country that tortures people and then tries to hide it. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there no other country on earth that tortures people and tries to hide it? Is there no other country on earth that just straight up fucking tortures people and doesn't fucking hide it and glorifies it? It's all this hoity-toity fucking nose up in the air bullshit the way they frame these things that i can't that's why i'm completely utterly fucking worried that i gotta sit and watch oh how evil how bad how evil of course it is of course it's fucking evil but you think this this is solo you think this happens by itself in a vacuum you think america's the only one doing this the fuck out of my face (laughs) get the fuck out of my face That's that's all aside from everything else. I think it's good. The actors are good. I think even like the expose, the investigative reporting that, that should go on and things like this is great. I support all of that. I support everything that is conceptually grounded in it. I just don't believe it will be framed in any sort of re- or even half truth. That's fair. That's fair. And that is episode one hundred and nineteen. Oof. We had to kick some of the kick some of the cobwebs off and <laughs> knock, knock some of that rust to grit down, but uh we made it. I would like to announce what the next uh, I, don't, I don't know who's aware I mean the cool billion might be may or may not be still listening to us with the amount of consistency that we've been having <laughs> oh, I guess the woods keep listening I'm gone I right I mean yeah when when you're not involved in an episode do people like look at it and they go oh Daniel's not on yeah I'll skip this one we don't know unsubscribe <laughs> yeah we don't know what's happening but we started to do a side project called Trailer Park Preach. And uh, means appreciation. So we appreciate movies. And um, we started with A Few Good Men. If you haven't listened to it, please do. It's a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun breaking down. No women allowed. Yeah. 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 We had a lot of fun listening to Jack Nicholson uh, tell stories about superior officers giving blowjobs. And then when Demi Moore tried to interrupt him, he said, excuse me, I am your superior officer. (laughs) It's great. Um, You know, if you don't listen to it, you could be galactically stupid. Yeah. Yeah, galactically stupid. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, listen to it. There's a lot of fun things that we pull apart. <laughs> and at the end of each episode, we're we're flipping a coin and seeing... Uh, we, we flipped a coin to see who picks next. It's me. I get to pick the next movie that we're appreciating. Then the intern. And we're inviting Daniel to take part if he wants to uh, to preach uh, a movie with us. But I think it'll depend on the, on the movie. So, I'm going to announce the next preach episode will be... Her pussy gets so wet, you can't believe it. 
Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I don't want to know that. A few months before the election, she'd gotten herself in a little trouble with my best friend, Dave Novotny. Election. Oh, you know what just happened? What? I bought a different movie, but on the side note, I do have the Criterion edition of Election. What's the one Criterion? So we're going to set it up and uh, knock it down. Dan, if you want to participate in celebrating Election. Pussy, it's so... I just love I just I love that I love everything about election, but really I'm just gonna come back just for the scene where Broderick gets stung by the bee. Oh <laughs> shit! Fuck! Oh, shit, fuck! Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. We're not talking about morals. We're talking about ethics. What's the difference? Uh, there's so many things in that movie that uh, connect to it to itself. It's fantastic. And we're gonna check it out and uh, clip the shit out of it and have a lot of fun talking about it. And uh, that might be the next episode you hear or we might be doing a uh, a second edition of Nicolas Cage Lost Trailers because there's some crazy ass bonkers shit that that man is creating and it is all either just recently been put out or on its way so yeah talked about a man that deserves some preach exactly exactly but uh, yeah we'll uh, we'll see you when those things happen good night gentlemen good night children good night Faja Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself <laughs> <laughs>